again, it's Kier here. I hope you guys are keeping yourselves busy during this lockdown period, but more importantly, I hope that you are staying positive. I've been posting tons of helpful tips on my Instagram about things that you can be working on, things you can be doing, so be sure to check it out at funsize.nutrition on Instagram. I also wanted to remind you that you can get a free preview of my fun-sized formula for women under 5'3 to live a healthy lifestyle while still having fun. You can find the free lessons by going to funsizedformula.com slash course and scrolling all the way down to the bottom and you will see those lessons that have those free previews on them. The course is a 30-day blueprint that will help you establish healthy habits without feeling restricted or overworked. And if you want to purchase the entire course so that you can see all the lessons, you can go ahead and do that still. And speaking of being overworked, on this episode, I have the Movement Maven here, and we're going to be talking all about movement and exercise. She's a kinesiologist located in Ontario, Canada, and I'm so happy to have her on here to talk to you guys today. So welcome to the show, Jamie. I think that your entry into the kinesiology world is super unique, but before we talk about what you do now, can we take it back to when you were a teen? Like, who did you identify as and did you play any sports? So when I was in high school, um, I took karate um, from the time I was five until I was 18, and I was teaching for three years, got my second degree black belt. Um, in Shotokan karate. And um, that's really what like sparked my love for teaching is um, in high school, I was always just the most excited to go to karate, always just the most uh, motivated, no matter how I felt to go work with the kids and teach my classes. And whether I had a migraine or didn't feel as great as I should have, or my mental state wasn't as like sharp as I normally was like, going into the dojo was just the one thing in the world that just like made me feel the most alive. Um, so that really kind of sparked my interest in educating people and exercise. Cool. How long have you been doing karate? Um, I did it for like about 12 years total. Um, I haven't really continued with it since, but I have experimented with like Muay Thai, Capoeira, stuff like that. Um, I found that I wasn't really like the most um, athletic kid. I didn't really gravitate towards team sports. I didn't really have that experience working with a team, a coach. I didn't really even know what like physiotherapy was until like even after university. Um, so I found that like even going through like my kinesiology degree, I felt like I was at a bit of a disadvantage because all of these people knew everything about sports already but I felt that going through university and then after that I was able to kind of explore how I could work with people like me um, which is short females that generally get neck pain when they're trying to do floor stuff or heavy weights um, and help feel make people feel more empowered about finding exercise that works for them um, instead of feeling like you have to play a sport or you have to be athletic or you don't deserve to exercise. Yeah, totally. I feel like it happens a lot. Like I see a lot of women who are hesitant to get into fitness because they feel like they weren't good at sports growing up or they just never identified as an athlete. So they have this like resistance, like I won't fit in and I can't, I won't be able to be good at this. Like, what would you say to those women, especially being one kind of yourself? 
so the, what I'd say to these women is that you're not alone. And that's something that was really like a revelation for me because I felt that I was like that only person that just didn't get into team sports and I lost my chance. But there's no reason why you have to be able to be in that world in order to deserve to feel good about yourself and your health. And there's always a good time to start. There's always ways to find out ways that exercise can resonate with you. And it's there's always opportunities to find ways to make your body more efficient in general so that you can just enjoy doing the things that you love and that's enough and that's okay. So how did you become interested in kinesiology? So I know you said you like teaching, um, but where was that, like, where did it click for you that you're like, I want to go in this direction? So I did my degree at the University of Guelph um, in Ontario in human kinetics, and I loved all of the science, like all of our labs, all of the material. I wasn't the best, highest marking student, but I just like absorbed every everything that I learned, and I'm able to use all of that now. And after I finished university, I was just like, I still don't really fully understand what a kinesiologist is. It wasn't regulated in Ontario yet. People weren't really like functioning as kins. They were still functioning as either personal trainers or specialists or exercise, whatever. So I didn't really know what it was. Um, and I was so close to actually going to dental hygienist college because I was just like, I get to wear running shoes and, you know, still talk to people. And that sounds great. Um, <laughs> and then I found a postgraduate program that kind of fill in all the blanks for me and gave me all like the practical skills and its intention was as the college was becoming a thing as it was starting to become regulated in Ontario um, as a health profession um, there were there was this postgraduate program that was created that um, could fill in the gaps and help us become like more competent practitioners um, and that's when it really clicked for me to really see that I could do this I could learn how to uh, teach people and how to help people that are maybe a little bit more complicated um, learn how to exercise for them and empower them to feel a little bit more normal in the sense of feeling like they can just do anything with ease. So how is kinesiology different from let's say a physical therapist or even a personal trainer? So a kinesiologist is, a, is more of a clinical role it can be. Um, so in terms of like a physiotherapist, like their scope of practice, at least from what I understand um, in Ontario, is um, their main goal is to reduce um, pain and increase range of motion. So a lot of their modalities are soft tissue um, and mobilizations, and then they use exercise to complement that. Um, but a kinesiologist uses exercise as medicine as its like primary focus. Love so, that. Yeah. So we use exercise as the primary means to help you help yourself feel better. So I'm not going to be necessarily doing soft tissue or cupping or acupuncture to help you relieve your pain. I find those modalities are really helpful, but my main job is to teach you how to move well and kind of slowly adapt your body's compensations to function in a more efficient way that reduces your risks of injury and improves your overall quality of life. In terms of what's the difference between a kinesiologist and a personal trainer, um, basically just the education piece. Like I have a four-year undergrad in 
human kinetics. Um, I'm a postgrad in exercise science and lifestyle management, and I'm registered with a college that regulates my uh, profession in Ontario. So um, it's more so that because we have that college, we're held to that higher standard to be able to protect the public that way. Um, so we have a college that does that in terms of being able to monitor that. And at the same time, too, I find for myself, um, my specialty is more so working in a clinical role. So working with people that are in pain, people that have either disabilities or illnesses that they don't really know how to work with with exercise and help them wean into exercise, especially if you've had an injury or you've had a recent diagnosis and you're being told not to exercise, which really means don't exercise at the capacity that you were because we don't know what capacity might actually hurt you. This is where we take a step back. You get that comfort and reassurance to know that you're working with someone that understands the safety of what your body needs um, and slowly working with you and supporting you to progress you to a point that you can feel a little bit more in control. And also so. taking that like information, like it's really helpful information. But I find that the problem is, is that when we start going to like different health professionals, we're getting all this new information, we're being told what the recommendations are, there's not enough of a follow up to see progression. Um, and that's where it's really the most limiting, because especially if you're someone that's motivated, or even someone that's not that needs to that consistency in order to stay on track and stay motivated. Um, being able to have that support during that time to know, okay, like I should be taking it easy for two weeks, mm -hmm. seeing how my body feels, but there's other things that you can do that are still considered exercise that aren't strenuous exercise. Yeah. And nobody's really teaching what that is other than yoga Pilates. And even then there's a lot of fitness fads out there right now that are mainly just trying to make things harder and more challenging. Yeah. And more they, interesting. Yeah. And they're like super high intensity sometimes yes. too and it's like that's not what this was made for like this was not like yoga to me I'm sorry I don't think that it's something that like you should be doing to lose weight like yoga is more mm -hmm. therapeutic and whatnot I, I just yeah you're right like there's so many fitness fads out there just making it more and more and more and that's not always what we need yeah and it's also a matter of like yoga is something that's really helpful to use within a program. Like a lot of how I mm -hmm. teach exercise in general is creating a balanced structure to feel like you can get a little bit of everything that feels good for your body. So we can use strength, but what are we working on? If you're someone that, you know, may have like a chronic condition or have an injury or has something that like they can't push themselves to a strenuous extent, focusing on more endurance strength is going to be something that might be pretty be beneficial for you but also focusing on accomplishments in terms of balance, being able to progress your balance and your feet strength and your ankle mobility and your hip mobility and just your thoracic upper back mobility as well, being able to move throughout your spine with ease and consistency instead of feeling like it's restricted all the time and not able to move. So there's a lot of different ways that you can like incorporate yoga, you can incorporate strength, you can incorporate all these different modalities of exercise to really personalize it to you and your health. So that's where it gets really interesting because it really just depends on like what your priorities and your goals are. And for some people it's losing weight, but for a lot of people, it's just quality of life in general. It's yeah, we know we're being told that, you know, sometimes if we lose weight, we'll feel a little bit better. 
we'll feel a bit more confident. And to some extent, that's true. But if we're not treating the underlying issues as well of how our body's moving, at a certain point, we're going to get stuck in, oh, I'm injured and I can't do the things I've learned that keep me in this mindset. It's learning about how to exercise. And this is just obviously my own personal opinion is we need to learn how to exercise and move for our body so that when we're pushing ourselves, we know how to recover efficiently so we can keep go moving forward. And also knowing how to take a step back. And if we're not moving forward, give our body that time to recover in a really active but also productive way. Yeah, you can't see me right now, but I'm like nodding my head like, yes, yes, yes. <laughs> you just like freaking nailed it. And it's crazy because it's like, I think a lot of people deep down know that, but mm-hmm. you know, we're almost so stubborn. Like I know I am, I'll, I'll speak for myself here. Like I'm so stubborn to be like, no, I want to be as strong as possible. And I'm going to keep going, keep going. And like deep down, I know, like I need to be able to move correctly and function correctly. I can't keep going on this path of trying to be stronger and leaner and this and that until I fix my movement patterns. Yeah. And that's the thing is that there's so much out there that makes, especially women, feel like they don't deserve to feel good about themselves unless they look or can function in a certain way. Either you have to be like skinny or strong or both and there's no variety. But in reality, in my opinion, and that frustrates me a lot because We all deserve to start being able to move. The amount of women I've talked to that are just like, I don't see the point in exercising because I don't see the results of it, which is usually weight loss. And I don't, it's too much work. It feels like a chore. And I'm like, but it doesn't have to be. And I can preach that all day long and I end up exhausting myself because people just aren't ready to like get out of that mindset Mm -hmm. of exercise equals weight loss, which I don't deserve because I haven't been able to do it before. And that makes me angry because I'm like, that that doesn't, that's not true. You can get so much more that's less strenuous out of just moving in general that counts as exercise, that counts towards how your cardiovascular system functions and protects you in the long run from just degeneration in your muscles to be able to stay strong in old age. Things like that, where we can actually protect our immune system and actually help us stay strong and able to f- recover better, even when we do get sick and do get injured, that there's so much variety in how we can help people that isn't really being addressed. And all I ever really want to do is just empower women, especially being one that, you know, had pain, had issues before that felt limited because every time I try to do something, it felt like a setback instead of a moving forward. And I felt lost to finding ways to help other women like me feel a little bit more supported so they can get past that and actually feel like they can progress themselves into what they can do. And also find ways that when they have setbacks to keep themselves motivated and find ways to help with that relief instead of feeling like they're stuck and that they're done. Do you have any examples of setbacks or like anything, like what were those specific things that you uh, needed to work on? So when I went to university, I went from doing karate like two hours a day, like six to seven days a week. And I loved it. And I was there all the time. And I was, so I I'd go from sitting at school to going to do karate and then going to bed at like 10 PM. So I was used to moving and I was used to kind of that exercise and that strength. And 
even as your body's growing, like by the time you reach 20, that's when you kind of like your body starts to kind of go in the opposite direction. It's usually when you've reached your like peak, this is done, done developing. And then it starts to degenerate from there. And I went to university and I gained like 20 pounds, 22 to be exact. I will never forget. And I felt like shit. I felt horrible. And I was in pain all the time. And I was dehydrated all the time. I didn't know how to manage my health. I didn't know how to manage my nutrition because they don't teach you that. I like was just miserable. And I would try to go do yoga, even just to get my body moving a little bit. And I would get horrible headaches. And I'd get back pain. And I'd get like knee pain. And I was like, what is happening? How am I falling apart? I'm only like 22 years old. What's going on? So eventually throughout my like university career and even after that I learned just even how like the cueing of how we support our body when we're in like a high plank position or even a quadruped position on our hands and knees or how we cue through a plank or a squat or how we hold things or how we move it matters if we um, to be able to learn how to do that stuff so you can have that body awareness you can do things a little bit more mindlessly without having to worry about the consequences so that's a lot. I talk a lot. I know. But at the same time, like, I found that when more I talk to other women like me, the more I learned that neck pain, low back pain, knee pain is something that is really common, as opposed to when you're by yourself. And again, not an athlete, you kind of just assume that you're just this is just you. This is just you thing. Mm-hmm. So or you're just getting old. yeah or you're doing something wrong and that affects you emotionally as well you're like I feel defeated but once you kind of can find a community of people or even just people that you can relate to and connect to and find ways to even just empower yourself and then share that information to empower others even just how how you cue what movements do you need to do on a regular basis to make it easier to go back to the gym how do you progress yourself so you don't have to feel like you know all or nothing. If I'm going to be in the gym, I might as well make the most of it and lift all the heavy things just so I can get it all in, which doesn't really do that much for you in the long run. It just makes you feel kind of accomplished at the time. But unless you're going to stick with it, you don't really get the health benefits from that one bout of exercise. So I want to be able to make programs at least for people that can actually feel like they're moving in the right direction, that are moving at their pace and can get them to a point that they can do things independently on their own. Like, I don't need to see someone in a gym twice a week for the rest of their life to teach them how to exercise and push them themselves. They need to, I need, I want to make sure that people can actually, like, enjoy the things that they need to do in their life without making exercise a chore that seems like it's taking away from their life. So, Jamie, you mentioned that you are petite. How tall are you exactly? So I am five two and a quarter, which I stress all the time because when you're under five three, it matters. Um, it totally does. People are just like, "Oh, like how tall are you? You seem so short." I'm just like, first of all, in my brain, I'm six foot five. Second of all, um, in actuality, I'm five two, so I made it. Um, but um, <laughs> side note, fun story was in um, Cancun over December over like. Christmas, New Year's, and, uh, you know, when you could still travel and go outside, and um, they had, like, a water slide at the uh, resort I was at, and I wasn't allowed to go on it because I wasn't tall enough, 
What? I'm 28 years old and I wasn't allowed to go on this water slide because I was not tall enough. And it, the height restriction was 5'3". So that was annoying. Oh my God. I'd have been pissed. <laughs> there was like literally like easily like a five foot five like 12 year old boy that was maybe a hundred pounds soaking wet that was allowed to go on this water slide and I'm like easily an 160 pound like five foot two woman I was like I got mass to me now there's no like concern with me falling off of this like or hurting myself on this water slide um but because I wasn't tall enough it wasn't allowed and I thought that that was insane that's crazy Oh my god, that's so frustrating. <laughs> it was hilarious. So that was a really fun, um, sobering moment for me um, about how tall I am. And I'm just like, this is insane. We deserve more than this. So, you know. Totally. Oh my gosh, that's so not cool. Um, anyway, are there some common things that you see with women under 5'3", typically? So the most common things I see in terms of pain and like um, exercise is that I find that the most common like pain that they experience is neck pain um, and low back pain, um, even hip pain in itself, especially because like as women, like the way our pelvises are structured, um, we have a wider pelvis um, due to our like birth bearing hips and our center of gravity is lower as well. So like our weight is lower anyways, and then we're shorter. So it's even lower than that. So our upper body gets, isn't as conditioned as let's say just like a man in general, um, or even like a taller woman, we don't have as much um, strength to be able to stay mobile and move a little bit better as much as, you know, a man does. So because of that lower center of, center of gravity, our low back takes a lot of that weight. If we don't have proper hip mechanics, if we don't have proper glute activation, and these aren't all things that are individual. There's no one that's like, oh, my, like, my glutes weak. And that's the only reason why my body feels the way it does. Chances are the way you've been moving because of your weak glute has shifted how your mechanics have been moving and has resulted in discomfort. So we need to be able to change those things. Same thing with neck pain. We're used to having our hips do most of that work. We're used to walking. By the time we come onto our hands and knees or try to do anything with our upper body, our body's just not used to it. So when we go to like be on the, our hands and knees, for example, our upper traps tend to activate more than we need to, more than we want them to. And well, it results in neck tension, neck pain, stuff like that, because our upper backs not only aren't as strong, um, but because of like sedentary lifestyles where we're sitting all the time, um, it ends up in this rounded, like restricted posture when our upper back should be able to move and it affects how our shoulders function. So even as I said earlier, being in a quadruped position or doing a lot of yoga, for example, which I've experienced, if we don't have that body awareness in our upper body, it doesn't matter how strong we are. It's really a matter of being able to, um, get that body awareness to know how to support your upper body even when you're doing lower body exercises because sometimes we can separate those two and then it actually hurts us more than helping us and I find that like so many of my patients that I've had in the past have felt like they have to choose between being strong and feeling good and I think that's insane because you don't have to do that you don't have to push yourself like an athlete when you're going to be sitting at a desk all day 
and you also have to run after your, your kids throughout the day. You should be pushing yourself, in my personal opinion, to be able to feel a little bit more functional, but then also feel more empowered when you can go to the gym because you can lift heavy and lift strong in a way that feels good instead of focusing so much on the numbers. So I end up going on tangents anyway. So no, I feel like you just described me in a nutshell. (laughs) It's so crazy. Um, So like in that circumstance where, you know, everything's kind of connected in a sense, like, I mean, everything is connected, but you know, like when it's not just one thing, when it's not just your glutes, like how do you go about fixing that? Like, is it, a full body program that you have to like develop for these people or like what, what does that look like? So a lot of what it really comes down to is being able to get that assessment. So being able to go to someone to say, this is where my weakness is. This is where my tightness is. And understanding that that's where you are now and progressing yourself outside of that. So you might have pain later on. You might have other dysfunctions later on that don't, that doesn't, that doesn't mean necessarily that you developed them. They could have easily been there this whole time. But now that you're working on that, Mm. like most prominent issue, you can start to get deeper to more of those causal issues that are making it more difficult for you to move and actually making it more painful for you. So that makes so much sense. Yeah, like I've had patients before that, you know, they came with they came to me with a certain pain or a certain injury Um, on either end. Either they came to me with a pain. We've basically fixed their pain. And then other things have been revealed as we're opening up things like their hips, for example, they'll come in with a shoulder injury, they like, you know, develop a hip issue. And that's not because of anything, one thing that we did, it could have easily been like, they didn't really know how to move their hips before. And now we've taught them how to move them, which is new. So some muscles may be a little bit weaker than others. Some muscles may not have been ready for even though others were, and you start to feel that impact. And our pain is also subjective as well. So based on how much pain we feel doesn't equal how injured we are. And I think that that's so important to understand because that really makes the difference between feeling disabled and understanding that you are abled. It's about finding ways to make it a little bit easier for you to get through this part. And what I do for myself um, and what I work do for my patients is being able to slowly progress them into more and more exercises. So teaching them how to exercise independently themselves with the basic movements that challenge all the ways their body can and should move in a really easy way to progress them to being able to do more compound movements like squats and lunges and even resistance band exercises and push-ups and pull-ups to be able to do those with confidence and body awareness, then being able to load from there. So, and being able to use those foundations and fundamental movements that are considered rehab or maintenance exercises to complement your, your daily routine. So I teach people, how do you have a day that, what do you do when you're tight? What do you do when you're in pain? How do you structure your week so that you're getting your like two to three days of lifting in but also getting a day where you can get more yoga style exercise. So mobility and movement and lower intensity exercises. Not that yoga is lower intensity. I'm always sweating like crazy every time I go because it's hard. But being able to incorporate balance, being able to incorporate cardio efficiently for your life, whether you like prolonged um, bouts of exercise, like running for 30 minutes, or you'd rather get it in in a HIIT workout finding ways that your body's already moving, what you're doing well, 
helping you continue to do those things, but also complementing them with ways that we can protect your body from actually feeling like shit after doing these exercises. So it's on both ends. We can progress you up to finding ways that exercise feels good for you and challenging you always in a way that feels good and also knowing when to back off and getting you back on or seeing where you're at right now if you're someone that likes to move and doesn't want to stop what you're doing, which is fine, like running or CrossFit or just strength training in a gym or a sport that you want to play and finding ways to complement your performance by addressing those dysfunctions and working towards getting better movement patterns so that you're not continually putting yourself at risk using your compensations that way. And something I tell people all the time also is go to your physiotherapist, go to a chiropractor, go to Pilates, go do yoga, because there's always things that we can do with that information to build off of that. It's so much easier to build, but it's also easy to start from scratch if you're open to learning about how your body should be and have the patience to be able to understand that it's a process and that it takes time and it won't be perfect and nothing will necessarily fix it, but movement is so protective. So true. How do you get people to understand that it's not going to be like this overnight thing, that it's going to take work, that it's going to take time, and that even it, like, you never kind of get to that destination. It's a journey, you know, Mm. like, you just, you keep learning more and more about yourself. How do you get people to understand that? That's a really good question. Um, especially because it's really hard. Like, as you can see, I am very good at talking a lot and very bad at talking very succinctly. Um, so being able <laughs> to like, not very bad, I've been told I'm very hard on myself that way. But I find that the best thing is that I usually I've been kind of like lucky in the sense that I usually get people when they've already tried everything else. So I call myself the last resort kinesiologist because by the time people get to me, they've tried everything else. And they're like, I just want to feel better already. And they've already been to physiotherapists or physical therapists or, you know, other health professionals or their doctor and they've been on medication. And that's a whole other conversation. But at the same time, and medication in terms of just trying to like numb pain when it actually is a muscular issue that should be addressed with Mm -hmm. exercise and movement that's a whole other conversation though but I find that being able to just say like this is going to be a process like we're going to work together I'm going to be here to be your support system throughout this journey and also we need to understand right off the bat that this is not a linear progression there's going to be um progressions regressions but I'm going to be there to support you during those times and I say this all the time one of my favorite times is when um, one of my patients that's made such incredible progress um, has, a re- has a regression and or they feel pain. And it's so easy in your mind to say, oh, I have pain. I've ruined it, which is incorrect. <laughs> when that happens, that's just your body telling you that something may not have been moving right. You could have just easily done something in your sleep or you overworked it one day. And all these things are mostly recoverable unless you did something like really traumatic to your body. So I love being able to show and empower people what they've gotten to and what they can do now that they couldn't do before. And with that information, it shows them that they're not where they started. 
and that they've actually have a lot more control than they think they do, even though they're uncomfortable right now. So I think that that's something that I really use um, to my advantage when I'm talking about kind of what I do. Um, Because most of the time when people are in pain, they just want a solution. They just want to know that it's going to go away. Um, But it's Mm -hmm. not like a cold where you just can take, you know, wait it out a couple weeks, take some medication for symptom relief, and then eventually you'll get back to health, healthy state, unless you're treating your body well and having vitamin C. And obviously, I don't necessarily recommend, um, you know, uh, vitamins unless, you know, you've gone to your um, doctor, naturopath or whatever to make sure that you are getting treated appropriately. But unless you're eating well and treating your body well and being healthy to the best of your ability, getting sick is going to become more and more of an option for you. Same thing with injury. If you're not treating your body well and challenging yourself in in all the ways that your body can, and also being able to rest and find that time to help yourself, it is still going to keep coming back. And I like to just give people that support of like, you know what, we're going to do this together. I'm going to take on all your stress for you. I'm going to offload that and just slowly progress you into what you need to do. And I'll tell you what to do. And then we can do that together. And we're going to work together. You're going to be open with me about how you're feeling. So I can know what's going on with you. And I can only help you based on what I know. That communication piece is everything. Huge. So speaking of getting sick and having colds, how is this coronavirus lockdown thing affecting your business? Um, so it's made me have to go online, <laughs> which is fair. Um, I'm used to working with people one-on-one, but I've been working with a bunch of my patients that I've been working with, not even for a long period of time, um, just over uh, telehealth. So just either on Zoom or other mediums that are a little bit more secure as well um to be able to kind of teach them how to exercise from their home so I can still do virtual appointments um and see people from their home and just cue them through the way I would when I'm with them because I try not to touch people as much as possible um because I want you to be able to know how to progress yourself and how you're going to feel and even if I cue you like with my hands and I show you where you should feel it Chances are like you're not going to remember or your body's not even going to remember how that's supposed to feel as soon as I leave. So if I give you things that you're actually going to be able to do, we can teach you how to feel those things without me ever having to touch you. But sometimes it helps, especially if we're really restricted, that we're really having trouble with people that really just want that support. And that's more of a personal preference. Then it's a little bit easier that way to get that kind of response. But I find that like the video has been going pretty well in terms of I can still see just as much. I can actually see more because I'm seeing your whole body in a frame as opposed to looking at certain areas of concern to make sure you're being safe. So they both have their pros and cons, but because I can't be there to make sure that you're safe and be there as like an extra set of eyes, but I still can from my home and know that like, I'm able to cue you through it in a way that's somewhat helpful and that I can see how you move even from video chat, because even if the pixels aren't super strong, I can still see how your body moves and there's enough of the image there that I can see where there's discrepancies. So, yeah. Technology is so amazing in that sense. And I think that, I think we're going to see a lot of change after this whole pandemic thing is like, 
I don't know, not over because I probably won't ever be over. But I think there's going to be a lot that comes out of this. So do you think that doing more online work is something that you're going to get into? I think that we all kind of have to. And I think for the safety of each other and to create that option for people to be able to protect ourselves as well is something that's going to be really helpful. And I find that like one of the biggest uh, complaints I've gotten with um, clients or patients in the past is, you know, I feel like I'm in pain or I haven't, I don't feel a hundred percent. So I don't know if it's worth it for me to come and see you. And at the same time, those are the times I tell people, those are the times I need to see you because if you're Mm -hmm. not feeling a hundred percent, it's so much more beneficial for both of us for me to see how you're moving in those times so I can best help you. And especially if you know you have like life happens, stuff comes up, it's so much easier if I can even just make that an online session because then we can do things in the comfort of our own space and still not take any time away from your progress and keep you consistent. So I think it'll be something that's a really interesting tool that you know, whether I see you in person and you can come to my gym or whether I see you online and you save that travel time and learn how to use your own resources within your home that you may not have thought of were a possibility, it still has just as much value. So I think it'll be a really interesting complement to uh, a lot of our training because we'll be able to continue to manage people's progress um even from afar and even when life happens because it's hard sometimes when I know I should be seeing someone twice a week for at least four weeks to teach them how to move their body a little bit better and I only really need a half an hour sometimes if I'm only teaching you one or two things just to be able to get you going and get you feeling safe in a way that's digestible to you and if they can only come in once a week or once every other week because their schedule gets in the way it can actually limit our progress and our progression a lot to be able to feel more independent and have that flexibility. So I think by incorporating that like online piece is going to be really interesting to really keep people on track and really continue with the value that you're creating um, by giving people control and independence of their lives. Are you currently taking online clients and where can people find you? I am currently taking online clients. Um, You can look me up on my website at uh, themovementmaven, M-A-V-E-N dot com. Um, My email address is just jglassman at themovementmaven dot com. Um, And I also work with the gym um, in Toronto, Ontario. If you are in Ontario, um, called Modus Training Studios. Um, so that's M-O-T-U-S trainingstudio.com. Um, so if you guys have any questions, there's multiple ways to find me. Um, and I'm always happy to do consultations, especially in this difficult time, to really figure out where you're at and what you need so that I can make the best recommendations about how we can move forward for you. Sweet. Awesome. I love your... Um... I guess it's kind of like an application process on your website, right? Yeah. Uh, it's really invasive. I went through it just because I was curious and I really like it. You're very detail oriented. Mm-hmm. So um, yeah, I think that's awesome. And is there anything else you'd like to add? I know that um, you are a huge advocate for kinesiology. Um, is there anything you want to end this episode with? Um, I've always just want to end most conversations with, 
everyone deserves to feel like they can move. Everyone deserves to feel empowered, even when they don't feel like it themselves. And those are the times that it's okay to ask for help in any way that I can help. Um, I'd love to be able to do that. What a perfect sign off. I couldn't have said that better myself. Thank you so much for being here, Jamie. Thank you for having me. And I look forward to staying in touch. If you guys enjoyed this podcast episode, please share it on your Instagram stories and tag both of us at The Movement Maven and at Fun Size Nutrition and let us know what you like the best and if you have any further questions or would like to talk to Jamie herself, go ahead and message either one of us and just ask away. We're always here to help.